Hello and welcome to Still a Nurse Podcast. I am your host, Tristan, a registered nurse, wife, and mother. Join me as I set out to discover everything the nursing profession has to offer. Through conversations with other nurses, we will take an insider's look at common nursing positions and explore alternative career paths few know about. We'll discuss the highs and lows of nursing, how to love your work and prevent burnout, career advancement strategies, relevant current events, continuing education to improve your skills, and along the way, we'll hear amazing stories that are heartbreaking, inspirational, or hilarious. Let's have some fun. Hello, Still a Nurse crew, and welcome to another episode of Still a Nurse Podcast. With me today, I have Tara. Tara, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. All right. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, yourself first and just uh, how you got into nursing? Okay. So I've been a nurse for 12 years now. I have always wanted to be a nurse. Um, My mom was going to nursing school when I was about 10 and I would go with some of to with her to some of her classes. And so I just always, it was just always something that I've wanted to do. Um, I got married at 18, um, started school, was working nights, and then I dropped out of school. And then um, I had my first son at 19. And then my ex, my ex-husband, he got deployed. So he went to Iraq. And so I was doing school while he was, I was just getting my prereqs while he was in Iraq. And I just had the one little boy. And then um I stopped because it just got too hard. And then he came home. I had my second little boy. Our marriage was kind of a mess. So I started going back to nursing school, thought, thinking like that would help. Anyway, it didn't. We got divorced. I stayed in nursing school. And, and then um, I met my current husband now, was dating him. I just had like a few semesters left of school. And then we ended up getting married. So it's been kind of a long roller coaster of a journey, but I finished and I decided to go on and that's where I'm at now. So thank you for sharing that. I enjoy hearing not only the smooth stories of nursing, but also hearing the life journey ones where it doesn't go the way you think it's going to, because not everyone has the plan from the get-go. I'm going to be a nurse and you did, but it still took a while and um, that's okay. It doesn't have to be a smooth, easy, fast road. It can be a journey. Yeah. All right. So um, tell us where you've spent most of your time in your 12 years of nursing. So I have done a little bit of everything. I, um, I've i actually just worked in healthcare for, oh my goodness, 22 years. So I've done um, neurotrauma rehab. I did... Um, some home help. Um, but currently and where I've spent the most amount of time is labor and delivery. All right. So what is it about labor and delivery that has drawn you to it and had you stick around longer? So it's just, um, the whole thing is amazing. Just like from where they get admitted to having a baby and everything just being like so miraculous. Like there's so many times that things do go wrong but 90% of the time, right. It's all happy and stuff, but I just feel totally blessed and privileged to even just be there and be part of that, um, journey with the new parents or the, you know, parents who've had multiple kids, but each, each story is different. And it's, I don't know, for me, it's a blessing because it's something that 
I absolutely love. Like, I just love connecting with my patients. I love working with the group of doctors that I work with. Um, I have a great crew that I work with, just all of it. You know, it's just, I just love it all. That's great. Thank you. Um, so I know that you are currently in a nurse practitioner um, degree. Yes. So tell us a little bit about how you came to that decision, if you are okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was going to go get my bachelor's degree a couple of years ago and I had been working on it. It took me, oh, like, I don't know. I was in the middle of my bachelor's degree and my sister had passed away. So I took a break and then I uh, decided, okay, I'm going to just finish my bachelor's degree. Like I just need to finish it. I had like three classes left, but I, I wasn't able to pass statistics. So that was like the absolute worst class I've ever taken in my entire life. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I, so when I went back, it was like my fourth time taking this class to just to try to pass. So I got tutored by like the Dean of the math department, my teacher, like they spent so much time. It was probably like three or four months with me, helping me, trying to get me to understand all of this. And so once I passed, I was like, oh my goodness, like I can do anything if I could pass statistics. So I just finished my degree. And then me and one of my really good friends, we went to a, uh, at our hospital, we have a skills day. And at this particular skills day, they had a prog- uh, NP program that was there. Just kind of, you know, just saying, hey, we're affiliated with your hospital. If you're interested, here's our number, all of this and that. And my friend and I, we could just kind of looked at each other after that and after talking to the guy there. And we looked at each other and I was like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And she's like, yes, I've actually been thinking this for a while. And I was like, oh my goodness. So we decided we're like, okay, let's see where this leads us. Let's, let's talk to him, just get some information, do some research and everything. And I came home and I prayed about it with, with by myself and then talked to my husband about it. And uh, labor and delivery is like a physical, it's a physical job, right? It's, it's pretty hard on your body. So I talked to him about like all the risks and stuff. I'm like, I still have 20 years of nursing left, but what if I decided I wanted to go on and get my nurse practitioner? I've already done statistics. I could pass that. So I figure anything's going to be a lot easier than that. And he's like, it's up to you. Like, let's just think about it. And so we thought about it. We kind of, I did a lot of research through everything and my friend as well. And we both actually got accepted to the program. The price was within our price range. The amount of time, it was literally, it'll take us two years. So we have like nine months left in the program. It has just been one of those things that everything has just kind of fallen into our lap. It's felt like it's meant to be. Everything's just worked out how it's supposed to be. So, I mean, we've had a few hiccups and stuff, but everything literally has just worked out. So it was just kind of one of those leaps of faith that I feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. That's really neat. Um, one thing that I'm noticing that's a theme, it seems like in your story is that you stick with it. Like even though a challenge may come up or it may take a little longer, you continue. And like with statistics, for example, you said it was your fourth time trying it and you made it. And yeah. I think that is such an awesome example to others out there who maybe have the same goal of becoming a nurse and they're really struggling with one area or think, oh, I'm not smart enough. I can't actually do it. But with help, you got to realize yeah. that all these people out there willing to help you and want to help you. So you just got to find those mentors and for you can sure. do it. Use Tara as a good example. So thank you for yeah, your welcome. intuitiveness. 
<laughs> yeah. Pretend it's that's worth. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a fault and a blessing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this case, it's definitely a blessing. Yeah. Um, so that's awesome. Um, so do you mind telling us where you're getting your nurse practitioner degree from? Yeah, so it's called American Sentinel University, but they have just merged with Post University out in Connecticut. So when I started, it was just American Sentinel University out in Colorado, um, but now they've merged with Post University. So it's just the one together. Mm-hmm. So, and have you had a really good experience? Like, do you feel like it's been, because I assume it's a mostly online thing, right? Yeah. It is. It is. It's all mostly online. It's been, it's been a really good experience. Um, I know that there's other programs out there that are probably better, you know, but for the most part, I think it's been really good. Um, the one thing that I haven't loved about it is, um, I mean, obviously we did it during COVID, so I'm sure everything was just shut down anyway, depending on where you were going is, but like, um, for our physical assessment pass off class, we did everything online. So that's, that's the one thing that I'm like, Oh, it would have been nice if we had had physical bodies. Right. I used my family. I practiced on my family, but other than that, that's, and probably finding like preceptors that would be willing to take me. That's like all on your own, unless you want to pay money to use a program that they kind of set you up with to find a program, but that's not cheap. So it's been kind of a challenge that way. But other than that, it's actually been a really good program. That's all great information for anyone who's kind of looking to do the same thing. Um, so what are some benefits to getting your nurse practitioner? Cause you are loving labor and delivery. So it's not like it's necessary to continue working in L and D. So what are some benefits and some reasons for getting a nurse practitioner for those who are maybe kind of on the fence trying to figure out what they're going to do next? So in Utah, if you live in Utah, uh, we are the, the most underpaid profession in the United States. Um, so one of the benefits is obviously a pay raise. Um, another, another thing is the holiday schedule, working nights, weekends, things like that. I was able to jump up and work days now. So I do days, so I don't have to do nights, but I still work weekends and I still work holidays. So getting my nurse practitioner, I will have like a, like a nine to five or an eight to four job. So it's like regular business hours. I don't have to work holidays if I don't want to, um, don't have to work weekends unless I want to physically it's, it's exhausting in a different manner because you're basically a provider. You, you are the provider. Once you're a nurse practitioner, you write the prescriptions, you manage people's care. Um, so that's exhausting in that aspect, but you're not like physically hurting your back, lifting patients, things like that. Um, one of the things that I really like is I, I have a great group of doctors that I work with that I've said before, but they are like great mentors and just watching how they interact with patients and things. So that's kind of something that, you know, just a, a deeper level of a connection with your patients, I guess that's a plus. Um, for me, it was mostly the holidays, the weekends and the physical toll that labor delivery takes on your body. No, those are all great reasons. And I think great information for those who are trying to figure out, is this for me? So I love hearing everyone's personal perspective of the pros and cons. So thank you for sharing that. 
Um, so I'm going to go back to labor and delivery for a little bit. Um, cause that's yes. actually an area that I'm interested in going into when I go back to nursing someday. So, um, can you just kind of walk us through a little bit more about what the, the pros and cons of labor and delivery are like, what do you love about it? You've already mentioned that, but what are some hard things that you kind of, you could see taking people away from it? Um, so like I said, 90% of the time labor and delivery is happy, but that 10% is what takes the toll. So, um, we get fetal demises where, um, the baby doesn't make it. And sometimes we get answers right away once that baby's born, but other times we don't get answers. Like they'll either have to do an autopsy or, um, they just kind of just say, well, whatever, you know, or genetic testing that way. Those are the hard ones I've had, um, two really, really hard experiences, but it's actually been two of, I don't know, two, two full-term demises I've had, and they took a toll on me, but it was also a blessing for me because I was able to help the moms and help them emotionally and mentally. Um, and then when something goes wrong, like during, during a delivery or like if the baby stuck or if the baby stops breathing once it comes out those are those are hard like everybody's prepared everybody's trained in um, nrp to be certified to resuscitate a baby but sometimes when those don't happen or when the baby doesn't make it that's really hard um another hard thing is having drug babies come in and um, they stay with us for so long that they feel like they're ours and then they get to go home with the mom that's really hard as well. Yeah, that would be hard. I appreciate you sharing the hard things as well. Cause that is a very large and real aspect of mm-hmm. the job and it's good to get a better, more full picture of what it is you're getting yourself into. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell yeah. like I can handle that or mm, no, that no, yep. can't, can't do that. Um, yeah. and to get into labor and delivery, you have to start on the lower side, right? Kind of like the mom baby side get trained there and then work your way up. Is that correct? So that's how it used to be. Like you, it was, it's always been like a privilege to, to like get hired on, but you have to work mom, baby, you have to do like a year of med surge, but, um, because of COVID and the, the turnover rate of nurses, um, either quitting the profession or going to something different, they are now hiring new grads out of high school or not high school, but out of nursing school to start labor and delivery. Wow. I didn't know that. That's the first I've heard that. So that's really good to know. Yeah. I, I, I know where we're at currently. They have that. I don't know of other places like if outside of Utah, it's, you know, that way, but where we're at, that's kind of what's happening. That's interesting. And have you noticed a difference in the preparation of nurses, um, now just going straight from school versus in the past how they've done it before you have to kind of work your way up 100 i it's i totally recommend go work on med search for a year six months at the very least get your um your basics down get your time management down and then come over to labor and delivery once you have those down like everything is so much easier in labor and delivery but as it is it takes them probably two, two years before they really understand or can manage things. 
In fact, I have a nurse who was hired on almost two years ago that I work with, and she just recently stopped doing labor and delivery because it was just too stressful for her. So now she's just doing postpartum Mm -hmm. just, just because she was hired right out of um, nursing school. Yeah. So I would rather do the postpartum side first. (laughs) Right. For sure. (laughs) That would be a lot less stressful and familiar. (laughs) Yeah. And that's just having been a patient. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Having been a patient there five times. That's where I'd want to (laughs) be. Work my way up. Interesting. Um, so what do you think makes a really good and confident nurse in any field, not necessarily labor delivery, but just in any area? Um, in any area, don't act like you know everything. I think that's when you become a dangerous nurse. Um, I I still ask questions. I still ask my, the providers that I work with, I ask all my coworkers certain things like, Hey, will you look at my tracing? What do you think about this? Or, um, Hey, I'm unsure about this medication. Can you come hang it with me? Or what do you do for this or this, you know, just always ask questions. I think as long as you are always willing to learn, you're always learning. That makes you the best nurse on the floor but it's the minute you are 100% confident in your skill and in what you do, that's where you're the most dangerous, I think. I really like that aspect um, or perspective rather. Um, And it's not one I've heard before. So it's, I think it's a valuable one. Um, I could see the point that you're getting at there. So um, what about um, things like being, compassionate and having a good bedside. Do you think that is super important or do you think that's something that can be learned and not necessarily instinctive? Um, I think it could be both for me. I'm, um, I'm very empathetic. So I, I usually relate to patients quickly. Um, I don't know. There's still doctors who don't have the good bedside manner. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, you know, it's kind of up to the nurses to be like, okay, I apologize for him being such a jerk. Yeah, obviously we don't say that, right? But, but that's the intention you're trying to get across. Yeah, right. <laughs> the right. message. Um, yeah, but I think it could be both. I think some people are are instinctively born with it, and others it is kind of a learned behavior. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, so do you have any fun stories? They can be amusing or touching, sad, whatever. Do you have any fun stories from labor and delivery that you'd like to share? Uh, so I have, yeah, I have a few there. So I don't know how in depth you want me to go, but there was one time (laughs) there was a, so midwife patients are, um, they're sometimes they're a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Um, but there was this one patient who was going all natural and she didn't want to have Pitocin or anything going. So she had her boyfriend, husband, um, get behind the bed, like get behind her in the bed and start doing nipple stimulation to start the contractions going. All right. Well, (laughs) he just kept going and he was just having the time of his life. And she just was trying to get those contractions going. Ultimately it didn't go well, but he ended up staying in that position and that's how they delivered. It was bizarre. Yeah, that would be, no, that (laughs) would be a little bit uncomfortable. (laughs) It was for everybody, for everybody. I just am like, oh, let's, can we just leave? (laughs) 
You kind of need some privacy, it seems. <laughs> yeah, I know. Do we need to leave you alone for a minute? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's not one I've heard before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's And there's a few that are kind of along that, that line. And it's like, it's so, for me, it's embarrassing for me because I'm like, yeah. I don't want to be in there. Yeah. Um, one of the midwives is like, she comes out, she's like, and she's older, right? So she's uh-huh. old school. She's like, did that really just happen? <laughs> It really did. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. And I'm maybe that works for some ladies in getting uh, the contractions to go, but um, yeah. hook me up to Pitocin, please. Right. <laughs> right. I'm that's of that methodology and I'm not saying it's right, but for me, it is right. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I've been curious. Are the patients that go all natural, do they tend to be a little bit harder than those who are willing to do Pitocin or does it all kind of even out and it doesn't really matter one way or the other? It kind of all evens out. So, um, some, so what I've noticed, and there's not been any studies on this, right? So you can take it for my opinion or for whatever it's worth for those people who come in with a specific birth plan and they do not want to deter away from that birth plan, they will automatically 100% be back in a C-section. Really? It, it, yeah, it is like, it is a known fact. If you have a birth plan that is not just be like, okay, you know, this is what we would like, but if this happens, it's fine. But if they're like, this is how it's going to go. This is what I want. They will be back for a C-section, but those who are willing to kind of go with the flow and just kind of work through things. Um, we try our hardest. I mean, obviously we try our hardest with everything to get them a vaginal birth, but mm-hmm. um, the ones that are willing to just kind of like ebb and flow with the process, because not one um, labor pattern is, is not going to be the same, right. For every birth. Yeah. Um, so they tend to have an easier time having a vaginal delivery. Now the work on the nursing side, sometimes if the patient isn't mentally prepared to go naturally, that's a lot more, it's a lot harder than just somebody who's willing to go and have Pitocin. Interesting. I guess you have to be a lot more, you've got to do a lot more support mentally, emotionally, Mm -hmm. physically. Yeah. I had a patient who, it was just a couple of weeks ago, she'd come in and she wanted an epidural, but she was so far, so, so far dilated. She couldn't get one, but she grabbed onto the back of my arm and she had these sharp little nails and she just grabbed as hard as she could and like, wouldn't let go. I kept trying to pry her fingers off. I had like a palm size print, like bruise on the back of my arm for a while. Oh my goodness. It's yeah. And I was, I've been bit like, that was like 10 years ago. I was bit on the arm. So it's just when they're not prepared, it's a lot. Yeah. It's hard. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't really talked to nurses about that aspect of delivery before. So that's very eye opening. (laughs) It can be dangerous for you. It, It seriously can. And she, she felt bad. So, cause she had bit her husband super hard on the, on the shoulder mm-hmm. and he kept like, and he was like almost in tears and she, he's after they delivered and everything the next day, he's like, uh, we have a chocolate for you. Cause she feels really bad. <laughs> it's like, Oh, okay. You're not your normal self in delivery. No, right you're not. You are not. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all good information too. That's stuff I've never even thought about. So I had a patient who was refusing an an episiotomy. She wanted um, 
to just go natural. She was a midwife patient and was refusing an episiotomy and the baby's head was crowning for like 10 minutes. Heart tones were down. So we finally were like, you have to push. And she refused the, epi- the episiotomy and she finally pushed the baby's out, baby out. And when she did, the her labia popped off. Looked like a Vienna sausage. It just popped off. Anyway, the lay midwife or the doula was throwing cayenne pepper on her labia to try to get her to stop bleeding. So they, they rushed her back to clean it up and they had to sew it back on, but it didn't ever take. Um, and so she ended up losing her labia. Um, so with your nurse practitioner, what ideas do you have of what you want to do after? I mean, I know you still have nine months to figure it out. So you might not have a track completely figured out, but what are some ideas you're kicking around? So I'm kind of kicking around family practice. Um, I really enjoyed my last clinical, but my, when I first started the program, I have thought of women's health. Like that's kind of been where I've wanted to, like where I've thought I've, I could see myself is women's health. Mm-hmm. But those are the two that I'm like, kind of, you know, kicking around pediatrics. I don't want to do, um, at all. So I know I don't want to do that, but I think family practice and then, um, women's health. Those are the two that I'm like, mm-hmm. maybe. So with women's health, does that involve OBGYN or is it a little bit separate? I'm just not sure where so, the line is yeah. drawn. Yeah. So it's kind of a little bit separate. So it would be more GY, GYN issues or okay. like premarital um, appointments, um, setting up birth control, you know, things like that. So okay. not necessarily the OB part of it. Yeah, that would be kind of nice mm-hmm. to do that aspect and not have to be the the one in charge, <laughs> the stressful right. stuff. That's how I feel, feel about it. Yes. Yes, exactly. Very cool. And with family nurse practitioner that you just kind of see everyone for pretty much everything, right? You're like, you are the mm-hmm. primary care provider. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That's, that's it. Either that or urgent care, just, you mm-hmm. know, just to kind of keep up those skills. Yeah. So. Well, very cool. Well, you said you've got about nine months left to figure it out. Um, yeah. And I know from talking to a person that you start your next clinical pretty soon here. Um, how are the clinicals for this program? So they are really good. I, um, so my first one, I, I actually worked with him, like the guy who had taken me on last <clears throat> class and I just, I follow them. Um, I do their working hours. I have to have 136 hours for this class of clinicals. So I'm working for free. And then I am learning like to diagnose, to treat, like, um, so they come in for the symptoms. I review the symptoms with them. And then like, um, I'm thinking, okay, what would this be? Like, what would I treat it with or things like that? So I am learning how to do that. Uh, my next clinical I'm working with, uh, he's a doctor in our ward. Um, he, so he, I just kind of different techniques on how he diagnoses things or, like just learning all these d- different tips and tricks, like, and learning how to do sutures um, and cut things out of people. Um, I did some ingrown toenails. I took some of those out, um, things like that. So it's been, it's been really interesting, all the different things, but you're constantly like the minute you go in, you're like, you're like, okay, 
how do I see this patient? What are they here for? What are their symptoms? Um, what, what are they looking for? Things like that. And then I figure that out and I work with the provider and then I say, okay, this is what I would do to treat. And if it's wrong, they're like, well, what about this or this, you know? So it's just, I'm learning how they would do it or what they would see. And, and then I kind of go from there. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. That sounds really interesting. Mm-hmm. I still have no desire to become a nurse practitioner though. So <laughs> thanks for just confirming that to me. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm always so amazed with people like you who are willing to do it. And I think you're going to do an awesome job and I look forward to seeing where you end up going in the next uh, year or so. Thank you. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much, Tara, for being with us today and sharing your journey and best of luck to you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in for today's episode. I hope you learned something new about nursing from our guest. Be sure to check out the show notes for more information on this episode. If you like the content you heard today, be sure to tell your nursing friends about us. And please subscribe so you don't miss out on future content. Until next time, remember, you're still a nurse.